Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. Welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network. It's your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April 21st, 2023. And sadly, I can tell you to burn Bill Sugas's DVR because this is not one that you're going to want to watch later. Well, maybe the first eight innings you'll you'll want to watch. Um it was actually a pretty good game up until I entered the stadium, but I'll get to all that. First, I want to say that I went and saw Billy DeVore last night at the Annoyance Theater, and, well, he killed it. He's a very funny guy. Uh, Billy DeVore, if you don't know, is our Reds podcaster friend from the new Nasty Boys, and he's also a stand-up comedian, and he played at the Annoyance last night and did an absolutely awesome job. So I missed most of this heartbreaking loss and um, I know that usually a 6-2 to two final does not bode for a heartbreaker. But this one was because it was 2-2 two to two until the ninth inning. And a James Outman grand slam made it 6-2. to two. Now there's a score change for you. Anyhow, uh, Javier Assad was in for the injured Taylon, as my mom calls him, or Tyone, as everybody else calls him. He'll be out for the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, Assad, three innings, gave up two home runs. Luckily, nobody was on base. He had two walks, three Ks in his three innings and uh, gave up three hits. Of course, two of those were home runs. So yikes. Um, Yeah, he's not totally stretched out yet. I like Assad. I think he's going to be fine eventually. But uh, they're toying with him. You know, hey, you're you're a uh, starter all last year. You're doing great. Yeah, you're a great starter. Now we're going to put you in the bullpen after watching you dial it up in the World Baseball Classic at 97 miles per hour. Apparently a hot gun, wouldn't you say, at this point? And then, uh, so that doesn't go well when he comes out and he's the the bullpen guy uh, at the beginning of the year. So they send his ass down and then they try to stretch him out. Then they have to bring him him up again. It's like, wish they would do stuff like this with the hitters because uh, there's plenty of guys down there. I mean, it shouldn't take an injury is all I'm saying. Um, for Assad, it took an injury. He came up, started the game. Uh, Max Muncy hit a home run. Uh, James Outman hit a home run and uh, off of Assad, and there, there's the Dodgers' two runs. Bellinger hit a home run for the Cubs uh, against his former squad, and the Cubs had the opportunity 
to go up big in this game in the third inning. They had bases loaded, wisdom grounded out on a fielder's choice. Alzale came out, he relieved Assad, and there was quite a bit of traffic, but he got out of it, did a good job. In fact, the whole bullpen, Hughes went two innings, Rucker, one hit only, and a strikeout, uh, Boxberger, he had two walks, but also a strikeout, Clean, it, not a clean inning, but he didn't give up any runs. It's it's Fulmer we'll talk about but that screwed everything up, but we'll get to that. Um, the Cubs did tie it up. Uh, when Mancini, with two hits, moved Hosmer over in the fourth, and then Nico knocked him in. But uh, Mancini was trying to score on that play, and um, he did not. Other weird stuff happened. Uh, Mookie Betts played shortstop. I don't know why that happened, but he did turn turn a double play and had a like a 6-3 jump throw situation. But So the games, they're knotted up. Back and forth, back and forth. We're going through the game. We're going through the game. I walk into the stadium quite late. I mean, seventh, eighth inning with Billy DeVore. And uh, it's tied. I'm like, oh, cool. Brand new ball game. We're here to watch something. And boy, did we watch something. Because Michael freaking Fulmer, he... Well, I don't know. This is the second time he's he's screwed up against the Dodgers again. Um, he gave up four earned runs on a grand slam, three hits, and a walk to Jason Hayward. I mean, just a brutal outing for him. Only gets the one out. And pretty much he came out, grand slam, game over. Uh, James Outman hit it again, his second home run of the game. Dude's going to win rookie of the year. And then Merriweather had to spell him. He did get two outs. Not a bad bad uh, outing by Merriweather. But when you see Julian Merriweather in a game, it usually means uh, things have gone terribly. So that, just a disappointing loss overall. You know, that's not what how you want to start a series that you're at least trying to split during. And... Uh, unfortunately, I'm bad luck because I walked into the stadium at two to two and I left and it was uh, six to two. My fault. Apologies. Well, what else happened in this game? Really, uh, not much. Uh, there was a rain delay and that's why I even bought tickets to this thing. And the game was about two hours, 53 minutes. Quite a packed house for a Thursday night, 32,817 were at Wrigley Field. And I would say when I walked in, it was pretty darn full. People had not left after the stretch. So uh, at least it was an exciting game. Gave people uh, some bang for their buck, even though the bang came off the Dodgers' bat. So today, uh, the Cubs play the Dodgers again. And it is a rematch of last Sunday when... Julio Urias, who's 3-1 and one with a 190 ERA, faces Todd Andrew Smiley, who's 1-1 one one with a one, uh, 470 ERA, actually. Um, yeah, uh, the Cubs won this game last Sunday against Urias. It all kind of fell apart for him when he fell on his butt trying to make a throw. Uh, Patrick Wisdom has homered off of him. Uh, he did that. Every single game last time the Cubs played the Dodgers, uh, maybe he can do it again today uh, for the 120 start at Wrigley Field in 
five short hours. I would, yeah, five short hours from right now. So, uh, yeah, he Julio Urias last time, 5.2 innings versus the Cubs, eight hits, three runs, two of them were earned, gave up two home runs, and uh, those home runs were to uh, Eric Hosmer and uh, actually, no, sorry, uh, Cody Bellinger and Patrick Wisdom. Eric Hosmer does have a home run off of him in uh, previous appearances against him. He is actually three for 10 with a double and a home run and bats 300 against him. He's seen him the most, Eric Hosmer. Dansby Swanson's seen him a lot. He's three for nine, all singles, has a walk. Jan Gomes has seen him a lot, also batting 333, also three for nine. Um, Ian Happ is two for six. I mean, Cubs actually do pretty decently off this guy. They've got a 270 batting average overall. A 775 OPS, and that's in 67 plate appearances. So after two plate appearances today, they will be at 69 plate appearances, which is pretty nice. So that's how the Cubs do against Urias. Smiley, uh, in this game last Sunday, the exact same matchup anyway, uh, 5.2 innings, four hits, one run. It was earned. Two walks, three strikeouts. He did give up a home run. Uh, he's given up a few home runs to some Dodgers hitting, uh, seven of them, in fact, in 116 plate appearances, two home runs to Mookie Betts, who's batting 367 with a 441 OBP, a 700 slugging and a 1.14 OPS, one, 1.141 OPS. Pretty darn good, but uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, who's seen him second most, and I mean second most in a big way because Mookie Betts has 34 plate appearances, J.D. Martinez has 14. Well, uh, he's only one for 13 with a walk. Uh, Max Muncy doesn't hit him well, uh, two for 10. Uh, Freddie Freeman does okay, he's four for 10. Three of them are doubles. So it's kind of a mixed bag against Smiley, but they've seen him a lot. He's a veteran pitcher. And overall, they're batting in 116 plate appearances, 274, 328, 547 for an 875 OPS. So even though it's a mixed bag, it's not mixed in a good way. I don't know. There's some guys that stink. Miguel Rojas, one for eight. What a loser. Um, but yeah, quite a, quite a few long balls off them. Muncie, Taylor, Barnes, Smith, Peralta, they've all gone deep. So, uh, yeah, uh, not a great start to the series. Hopefully the Cubs can pick it up, beat Urias again. They got a tough road to hoe. This game was close. All the games have been close. Um, against the Dodgers, unfortunately, the score did not end close. So burn Bill's DVR. That's all I got to say about that. All right, Michael hit you tonight with another Cubs pod. Spook hog, as David Kaplan would say. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. 
you can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agark Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. It is April 22nd. And this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content coming to you as a Bleacher Bunch production and a part of the Fans First Network. If you are not following the Bleacher Bunch on your podcatcher of choice, please go out and find and subscribe and even rate with a five-star rating, of course, because nobody gives ones, right? So yesterday... The Cubs beat the pants off of the Dodgers 13 to nothing. The entire game was an unexpected turn of events with uh, Julio Urias on the mound and the Cubs having burned their entire bullpen the day before. I was very concerned that they might not have the pitching to get through this one. Seems that they did. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with uh, Julio Urias this season, uh, or if maybe the Cubs just have his number, but he struggled right from the get-go. Uh, in the first inning, Swanson walked, and Hap ripped a ball down the line to put two on, and they both came in on a say a double to the wall. He crushed that ball into the gap to give the Cubs a 2 nothing lead right off the top of the game. In the second inning, uh, Madrigal stretched a triple out of a hit to left field. Okay, let's take a minute to look at this. This was beautiful. I mean, you hit a ball to left field, you don't get a triple. It's the shortest throw on the field. Nobody challenges that. But apparently, Madrigal, I don't know. I'm uh I might be coming around on this a little bit. I, I was for this. He did his little Fred Flintstone run and he is quick. And also, Outman may have just conceded the double and not even been thinking about a triple because I mean who runs on the left fielder to third? It, it it's kind of a crazy move, but he did it and I liked it. It was fun. 
Horner followed that up with an RBI, and the Cubs were up three to nothing. It's that sort of second leadoff hitter situation that we've heard about, and it doesn't really make sense. But basically, what we have is a nine-hole hitter who, you know, not going to hit for power or whatever, but he does get on base at a pretty good clip. He is currently hitting 314, and then that just sets up Nico Horner to drive him in with his 365 batting average. The Cubs kept things rolling in the third inning. Bellinger went deep to right against Orias again. He got him in L.A. and he got him in Chicago. Apparently, Belly understands how to hit Orias. And who knows? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe Belly knew something and he has shared that with the Cubs because they don't seem to struggle against him like other teams have in the past. Uh, And then, you know, just to cap it off Mancini goes back to back with Bellinger and the Cubs had opened up a five run lead and I'll tell you I was watching this game but I also work from home and I got called away from the baseball game or I couldn't really pay as close attention as I had been because I was in a meeting for a little while and when I returned the score was 13 to nothing, and I was blown away. I was like, what is happening here? Well, this is what happened. Uh, Julio Urias got pulled in the fourth and replaced with Jake Reed, who got the final two outs of that inning. Uh, But then, you know, they made the mistake of sending him out for the fifth inning. He walked Hap, Saya singled, Hap went to third, and then Patrick Wisdom just continues to dominate this league. He was sitting in the DH spot today, and he went yard for his ninth home run. He is currently second place in the major leagues behind uh, Pete Alonso, who has 10. Wisdom has nine, and um, actually Max Muncy has eight, but he would not get any in this game. Anyway, back to that fifth inning. Uh, you know, the old adage is nothing kills a rally like a three-run homer, except when it doesn't. Uh, Bellinger had a double. Mancini had a single to drive him in. Cubs are up nine to nothing at this point if you're trying to keep track. Jan Gomes singled and moved Mancini to second base. And Jake Reed had to leave the game because he still had not recorded an out in this inning and the Cubs had scored four and had two more on already. They replaced Reed with Andre Jackson, who we will remember as the guy with the big hair that the Cubs teed off on in LA. Well, he was smart this time. He pulled his hair back into a ponytail to see if that would help and Madrigal popped out. So maybe it was working. Wrong. Nico Horner got a hold of one. His first homer of the year, a three-run shot to left field. It was the second three-run homer in the inning. And this time, the old adage held up. Nothing kills a rally like a three-run homer. In the sixth inning, still against Andre Jackson, uh, Wisdom hit a double to lead the inning off. Um, Trey Mancini later singled brought him in from second that would be the final run but it was 13 nothing cubs and that's kind of when i returned to the game 
the first thing I noticed, obviously, was the score. But then when they got out of the inning and they came back from commercial, the second thing I noticed was... If you're wondering why I haven't mentioned the Dodgers offense at all in this podcast yet, it's because there was none. Drew Smiley, who I mentioned at one point during that Seattle game that he pitched, threw something like 12 or 13 straight knuckle curves. And ultimately, I think he threw you know more than 50% of his pitches that night were that knuckle curve. He's back on it. It's knuckle curve all the time, baby. Okay, actually, that's not true. Uh, it's it's just less than 50% of the time in this game. Smiley threw 103 pitches. He threw 50 knuckle curves and 53 sinkers. That's it. Two pitches, people. He went two pitches and mowed down this Dodgers lineup for seven and two-thirds innings. He makes it through the seventh inning, still perfect, and now we are into serious perfecto watch. With six outs left to go in this game, this perfect game ended in a way nobody is ever going to forget. David Peralta got out in front of yet another knuckle curve and, uh, Broke his bat, just a little nubber right off the end of the bat, and it was basically a swinging bunt. Smiley and Gomes both took off for the ball as quickly as they could. This was going to be a tough play no matter what, but it was the play, and I'm sure both of these guys understood it. It was the time in the game where somebody has to do something amazing if the perfect game is going to continue. And they both had stars in their eyes. Uh, unfortunately, Jan Gomes tackled Drew Smiley in the infield. And there was no play to be made over at first. I have to say, I laughed out loud. It was the most ridiculous way for a perfect game to end. And honestly, it, I, I, will, I will probably remember this more because of that had the had the perfect game gone on i you know i'm I'm sure i would have known about it but it's not as good a story as drew smiley eight innings and just gets killed by his catcher trying to make a play uh it was funny um that it it, and we've had discussion about this it was gomes ball i mean that really probably should have been gomes ball because of where it was hit he was calling smiley off the ball apparently but you know the adrenaline in those situations both guys were just going for it and apparently gomes really thought until the last second that smiley would pull off and when he didn't he was too close to get out of the way and he landed right on top of him and they rolled over and fell on the ground. It was hilarious. And to his credit, Smiley was laughing when he went down. He was not upset about this. He looked at his catcher with a smile on his face because I think he understands like that was an insane way for this whole thing to end. There were no real injuries or anything. They, you know, they checked him out, whatever. Uh, Smiley got to face two more batters. Uh, He got a pop out and then his 10th strikeout of the game. 
great game for him. Uh, but then he exited with one out remaining, and the friendly confines gave him a standing ovation, as they should. It was an amazing performance. And now, like when I went back, I wanted to see those pitches. That pitch mix, it's almost 50-50 sinker, knuckle curve. That's all he used in this game. And it's amazing to me. This is the artistry of the game, I think, for me. How can somebody throw two pitches like this against a good lineup? I mean, I told you, Max Muncy is second in home runs right now. And everybody else is hitting well. This is the Dodgers. They are not a bad team, even though they seem to be struggling early in this season. But it's not always about having the greatest stuff in the whole world. It's about understanding how to use it. Everybody's got the same pitches. And some days, the pitcher has it, and he really knows it. And and Gomes himself also calling a great game. Got to give credit to the catcher. Catchers should really get credit for these games that they're calling. Uh, it was kind of funny. At one point, Gomes and Smiley actually got crossed up on one of these and that's surprising when usually in these games the the pitcher and catcher are are in sync and they're locked (laughs) not this time uh and that was actually a pitch clock issue uh apparently they were still going back and forth but the pitch clock was coming late and the call came in late to smiley and he just went with the pitch he was already going to throw and that was not the one that gomes was expecting which is funny because it's only two pitches (laughs) it's a 50 50 shot i mean i don't even know it was an amazing performance by both pitcher and catcher you'll never take that away and it is quite possibly a better story now than it would have been i don't know that's that's hard to tell Uh, Estrada, who was just called up, came in to finish the eighth inning. He got a strikeout, uh, came out in the ninth, got another strikeout, but then he walked two straight batters. And all of a sudden, it seemed like, uh, you know, the Dodgers might have something going. They might actually score a run, but he got Chris Taylor out on strikes. And then our old pal, Jason Hayward, hit a liner to right field that Nicky Madrigal dove and snagged for the final out to end this game with a uh, one-hit shutout for the Cubs over the Dodgers. All right, and so today at 1.20 p.m., there will be a day game at Wrigley, as there should be on Saturdays. We will see Dustin May and his 3.00 ERA going up against Hayden Wesneski. The Wes was good in Oakland. Uh, Let's hope that keeps going. I would like to tell you what he's done against the Dodgers, but he hasn't faced a single Dodger in this lineup. So there's nothing to say there. Hopefully that means the Wes will confound them and confuse them and they won't know what to do with somebody that they haven't seen before. Uh, Dustin May has seen three Cubs. Uh, Mancini has seen him once. Torrens has seen him twice. Neither one has a hit. Eric Hosmer, on the other hand, has seen him 10 times. He has a 400 batting average, which means he's hit four times. No home runs, though. So not a lot of power, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when these two guys go out there facing a bunch of people that they've never seen before. 
The Cubs will give you nothing except for your seat if you go to this game. But it'll be a fun game regardless. It might be a little chilly today, though. Game time temperatures are only going to be in the 40s, and it's going to be a bit rainy and wet. So if you're going, take some gloves, a hat, and a poncho, because you're probably going to need it. And if you are not going, join us over on the Discord. We always have lively conversations in the shank list that is open to everyone. And also, if you are a Patreon supporter, which if you're hearing this today, you are. We have so many other things going on. Great conversations. I highly recommend getting everyone to pay at least $1 to be a part of this Discord. It is such a good time. But that's going to be it for me. Danny's going to catch you tomorrow with the end of the series. And I'll be back on Monday. So keep rounding them bases. And I am out at home. Spugog. Hey Cubs fans, at Amazon.com do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sunranto show by shopping through Sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to Sunranto.com slash and click any of our Amazon links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus, you could win a monthly prize if some of your stuff. is chosen for Amazon stuff. of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more sunranto.com slash that address again is sunranto.com slash the Hello and welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket. I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on April 23rd, 2023. Yesterday, the Cubs lost 9-4, but it was actually a bit closer than the final tally would indicate. Wisniewski, who started this game, hate Wisniewski, got off to a bad start. He loaded the bases full of Dodgers in the first, but he did manage to get J.D. Martinez to ground into a double play, limiting the damage to just one run. Then the Cubs loaded the bases in the bottom of the first and also just got one run. (laughs) Uh, But it was not tied for long because James Outman hit his first of two home runs in this game as the first batter in the top of the second off of Hayden Wisniewski. And then they made it 3-1 to one in the fourth when Outman singled in J.D. Martinez, who had doubled. But the Cubs clawed one back in the bottom of the fourth. 
Hosmer doubled in Saya, who had been hit by a pitch. And then, after Patrick Wisdom committed an error, Wisniewski was removed from this game for Brandon Hughes, who came in in the fifth to strike out two. Uh, the Dodgers added another in the sixth when Miguel Vargas singled in Martinez, who was walked by Hughes, though he had been replaced. Uh, Hughes had been replaced in the middle of the inning by Rucker, who actually gave up the RBI, but not the run technically. That was charged to Hughes. Um, Cubs did have something cooking in the sixth when happened. Belly walked, but Wisdom popped out, and Nicky two strikes became Nicky three strikes, and the threat was ended um, in the seventh. The Dodgers widened their lead when Mark Leiter Jr. gave up his first runs of the year. Max Muncy homered with Freeman aboard to make it 6-2 Dodgers. That was his ninth home run of the year uh, and his first of the game. <sighs> yeah, it got to be 9-4 somehow because it was only 6-2 at this point, remember, um, because the Cubs did claw back. Two runs in the bottom of the seventh when Nico hit his second home run in as many days. He hit one yesterday as or the day before as well on set, on Friday. Um, Two-run homer with Rios aboard who had walked. And then Alzali came out, had an okay eighth, gave up a walk. But then Boxberger was a box full of burgers. And he served up the burgers to Max Muncie, who hit his 10th home run and his second of the game. He then walked Hayward. Then Outman hit his second home run of the game as well. And now it's 9-4. to Shelby Miller came in in the ninth for the Dodgers. He was a Cub for like eight minutes, if you remember that back in the day. And he struck out Torrens and Nico. And then Swanson grounded out. And there's your ball game. So... Not the greatest game in the world. We kind of played from behind the entire time, uh, right from the beginning. Hayden Wisniewski, not a great start. Giving up a lot of hard contact. Um, yeah, a little disappointing because I think we were all hoping that he would be a, a, a emergent on this team and really solidify that fifth start, uh, fifth starter spot. But you know it's going to probably go to somebody like Mr. Kyle Hendricks, which ain't too shabby. So, uh, yeah, I think Ross wanted to win this one. He kept doing all the pitching matchups. None of it went well, by the way. All of his decisions were incorrect. But uh, he was definitely playing this one to win it. Like, sometimes I feel like he gives up a little bit too early. And in this one, I felt like the Cubs could come back until, of course, the eighth inning when Boxberger served up the box of burgers. And uh, actually, that was in the ninth. Yeah, it really just went off the rails. That was in the ninth inning. So, uh, yeah, Cubs lose. Sad state of affairs. But we do go for the split today, which after taking two or three at Dodger Stadium, you're kind of hoping for more against this downtrodden Dodgers team. But this is what we got. And it's not going to be easy because it is a marquee matchup today. Literally, it's on marquee. Um, but Clayton Kershaw is going up against Marcus Stroman. Clayton Kershaw has a 252 earned run average on the season. He's going up against Stroh, who's 2 and 1 with a .75. Uh, Kershaw against the Cubs in his career is 9 and 4 with a 262. Although 
He's two for three with a 346 at Wrigley Field. So uh, run higher, just about. Uh, last time he went out there against the Mets, seven innings pitched, nine strikeouts. So he was quite good. He's due for a stinker, I guess, maybe. And uh, as far as Cubs who have seen him, Eric Hosmer by far has the most at-bats against him. He's 12 for 38, which is pretty good with a home run. He's slashing 316, 333, 447 for a 781 OPS. Jan Gomes also has a dong off of him, but only two hits in nine at-bats. Who really needs to figure this out is Ian Happ. He's 0 for 8 with six strikeouts, which is, uh, I mean, he's just going up there and pooping himself at the plate. But overall, the Cubs actually do pretty decently. 103 plate appearances, 290 batting average, 301 OBP, slugging 400 for a 701 OPS, which I would guess that against Clayton Kershaw, if you were going to take a random group of ball players and put them up against him, a 701 OPS is not that bad. Marcus Stroman has been absolutely marvelous this year so far. Last time he went out there against Oakland, gave up two hits through six innings pitched, uh, five strikeouts, and he's pitched six innings in all of his starts so far this year. Hopefully he can stretch that out, go a little bit longer. We might need him today because we used so much bullpen yesterday. And um, let's see, we used Hughes, Rucker, Leiter Jr., Alzali, Boxberger, and then Merriweather for point one at the end when Boxberger stunk. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, come on, Stro. How about get a little bit of that soft contact a little earlier in the count, if you will. Stro is actually going for his uh, 1,000th strikeout today. He's got 997 right now. That would be a milestone to hit. One milestone I hope he does not hit today is uh, taking his 69th loss against 69 wins, which would make him 69 and 69. And well, nice. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to this game, so I don't want to see a loss, and I want to see the Cubs win and at least split with the Dodgers. So uh, hopefully the Cubs come out swinging, get some hits and runs off of Kershaw right away. Um Hopefully, Eric Hosmer taught them everything they need to know about it. Um, Kershaw, on the other hand, he, he might get his 3,000th strikeout quite soon. He's got 2,833 right now. Probably will have it next year, I would guess. Um, the weather's cold. Slight chance of a shower later this afternoon, mid-40s, kind of miserable out there. But I expect that a lot of people will show up for this pretty incredible matchup of two pretty incredible pitchers. Being Sunday, it's the day to look around the league and see how everybody else is doing. AL East, Tampa Bay Rays lead the pack with their 18-3 record. That is by far the best in baseball. That is a 857 winning percentage. They're followed by Baltimore, surprisingly, then the Yankees, Toronto, and then Boston is in last place, but that's a little misleading because they are 11-11. They would be nearly in first place in the AL Central, where the Twins are only 11 and 10, but lead the AL Central. Then you got Cleveland, who's under 500 by a game, and then Detroit. The White Sox are 7 and 14 because they stink. And then Kansas City, 
Stinks a little bit worse. Five and sixteen. That's only a two thirty-eight winning percentage. Then in the AL West, the Texas Rangers, who the Cubs beat two or three, lead the pack at thirteen and seven. Then you got Houston at eleven and ten. The Angels, who are a game under five hundred, along with Seattle, who are the same at ten and eleven. And then Oakland, who we just saw as the worst team in baseball at four and seventeen with a one ninety winning percentage. Uh, they beat somebody since the Cubs saw them, and that team should be embarrassed. I don't know who it was. I don't even want to look because I'm so ashamed for them. That team, the Oakland A's, have a negative 100 win, uh, run differential. <laughs> negative already. Already. Incredible. Shouldn't be allowed. Atlanta in the NL East is way up top at 14 and 7 not way up top because the Mets are just a game behind at uh oh half a game behind actually at 14 and 8 then you got Miami who's still three games over 500 and then Philadelphia off to a slow start two games under and in fourth place and then Washington is 7 and 13 that's a 350 winning percentage and uh not very good at all in the NL Central the division of interest Milwaukee is the best team in the National League, unfortunately, at 15 and 6. Pittsburgh, surprisingly, is 15 and 7, just a half game back. They've won their last six as well, and which is really surprising considering they lost O'Neill Cruz, who's, I mean, I guess I, I was going to call him a prospect. He's not anymore. He's just a good ball player who they probably needed, and they could be even better than they are right now. Um, Surprise. The whole NL Central so far is a surprise. Even the Cubs, who are in third place at 12 and 8, yet hold the best run differential in the National League right now at plus 43. A couple blowouts against Oakland helped that. But uh, yeah, Tampa Bay's number one in that category at uh, 80 plus 85, then Texas at plus 57, and then the Cubs surprisingly at plus 43 st louis is eight and 13 <laughs> uh, let me just take a moment there yeah seven games back already <laughs> Whew. cincinnati's even worse seven and 14 eight games back already they've lost their last five arizona leads the nl west at 12 and 10 dodgers Climbed back to 500 yesterday with that win over the Cubs. They are 11 and 11. Make a wish. Um, San Diego is 11 and 12. Disappointing start to their year. San Francisco and then Colorado, who is 1 and 9 in their last 10. And I think just lost Chris Bryant to injury back tightness or something. Um, so, yeah, good move on the Cubs to not sign him to that David Kaplan reported a $200 million contract, which probably does not exist. Well, uh, yeah, so that's what's going on in the major leagues. A couple of surprises so far. I don't think anybody would have thought Arizona would be leading the pack in the NL West, and I don't think uh, too many people would have thought that like Baltimore and Tampa Bay would be off to such a such a hot start. I mean, Tampa Bay is ridiculous, but um, and uh, God, I I didn't even think uh, a team could be as bad as Oakland is. 
I, I, I really thought that they had figured that out in the last CBA. Anyhow, that's what's going on. And that is your Cubs pod for today, April 23rd, 2023. Hopefully the Cubs get the split today. And I hope you have a great end to your weekend. Spugog! If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In The Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby, Sayer, Morel too. Clark Fly in his W. Cody Bellinger, smoking Dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your stroll. Temper set up with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. InTheClutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In The Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t-shirts from In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. Get it all at In The Clutch. It is April 24th, 2023, and this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content, coming to you from the Bleacher Bunch Productions and the Fan First Network. I'm your host, Michael Cotton. Sunday was the rubber game in the season series. The Cubs and the Dodgers were tied up three wins apiece. And because we had a four-game set, we were going to see who would come out on top. Early on, it looked like it would be the Cubs, even though they were facing Clayton Kershaw. The Cubs, in whatever iteration they have, seem to have Kershaw's number. Today was no different. It didn't help that Nico Horner, in the leadoff spot, got on because of an error by Max Muncie. And he ended up over at second base. Bellinger hit a double to drive in Horner. And then Seiya followed that up with a single that drove in Bellinger. First inning, Cubs up two to nothing. And Kershaw, you know, looking like the Kershaw that the Cubs like. On the Cubs side of things, uh, Marcus Stroman was out there and he was pitching a good game. Scoreless through the first two innings. Uh, and then... Mookie Betts got him. And when he got him, he got him over the wall for a two-run homer. That tied the game up, but people uh, were not down for too long because the next batter was Freddie Freeman, and Stroman struck him out. Not a real big deal in normal games, but this was Marcus Stroman's 1,000th, I can't say 1,000, 1,000th, 1,000th out. Strikeout. Damn it. Moving on. At least the umpire had the sense to wait a minute, turn the pitch clock off, allow Stroman to acknowledge the crowd, 
acknowledge the moment the crowd was standing. Uh, you know, there was a large graphic out on the big board. So, you know, it, it was a moment that you needed to take a little bit of time. The umpire, it's crazy that we have to even say things like this, but the umpire gave him a minute to take that in. It had to be a little bit odd for Strowman, seeing as he just gave up the game-tying home run and then got that milestone. It's kind of a weird thing uh, because he ultimately would end up losing this game. This will be an L on his record. He is now 69-69. and That's only half nice. Kershaw and Strowman continued their pitching duel, but it was Jan Gomes who broke the tie. In the fifth inning, he went yard, his fourth homer of the year, and he did it against Kershaw. And then the sixth inning happened. Stroman has pitched six innings in all of his starts this season, and there was no indication in the fifth that he was having any troubles. So it made sense that he's out there in the sixth. But then he walked Freddie Freeman, and then Max Muncy launched one off of the right field scoreboard. And that was a two-run homer to put the Dodgers up 4-2-3 in this game. That wouldn't have been too big a deal, but J.D. Martinez, the very next batter, uh, also went deep off of Stroman. Three runs in two swings of the bat, and it was time for Stroman to leave. As I said before, he took the L on this game, but he really wasn't pitching that bad. Uh, it's just that when he made the mistake, the Dodgers absolutely destroyed him for it. So, can't win them all, and sometimes uh, that's what happens to you. Brandon Hughes replaced Stroman and went 1-2-3 to get out of the rest of the top of the inning. Kershaw also went 1-2-3 in the bottom of the inning and officially won the pitcher's duel six innings to five and a 5-3 to three lead. Keegan Thompson replaced Hughes in the seventh and actually took both the seventh and the eighth innings. He looked really good in his two innings of work. He got uh, two strikeouts. He did walk one, but he gave up no hits and no runs, of course. Unfortunately, the same could not be said for Fulmer. Uh, I don't know why they've decided to put him back in the ninth inning. Apparently, the ninth inning is death for Fulmer. So why keep doing it? Maybe he should have come in in the seventh and you could have given Keegan Thompson the eighth and ninth. I don't know. Uh, in the ninth inning, he got the first two batters on flyouts. Uh, looked good. You know, that's what you want to do. Get your first two guys. He just had a little bit of trouble with his third out. Vargas singled. Austin Barnes walked. And then Mookie Betts hit a double and drove both of those guys in. And now the Cubs are down by four going into the ninth inning. Time to cue the fake rally. Patrick Wisdom led off the inning with the single. Trey Mancini got into a catcher's interference. Austin Barnes interfered with the swing. Uh, I think that's the first time I've seen that this year. So Cubs had two guys on, no outs. Uh, Luis Torrens, he lined out because, of course, he lined out. And then uh, Jan Gomes hit a single. All of a sudden, 
Cubs have one out bases loaded. They've got something going. They're Wrigley late in the game. Looking good. And then Nick Madrigal grounded into a double play. Fake rally unlocked. So that was that. The Cubs lose the series to the Dodgers. Three games to one. And the season series four games to three. And in one week's time, we've played seven games against them. And we will never see them again. Because that's how scheduling goes. The Cubs get today off, so uh, no baseball in Chicago today. Tomorrow, they will be welcoming in the San Diego Padres to Wrigley Field. Uh, the Padres are currently 11-12. and 12. They are in third place right behind the Dodgers in the NL West. Probable pitchers this week. Blake Snell on Tuesday, Michael Walker on Wednesday, and Seth Lugo on Thursday, which means that we will not see you, Darvish. I am not going to go into all three of those pitchers, but I will give you a quick rundown on Blake Snell since uh, he might be the guy that we see on Tuesday, and he might not, so I'm not going to do a ton of work on this. He is 0-3 on this season. He's got a 6.00 ERA in 18 innings pitched. He's given up 21 hits. He's gotten 21 strikeouts. He's given up 13 runs. He's given up 13 walks. And he's also given up four home runs just to finish out the stats. Hitters on this Padres team are being led by Xander Bogarts. You may remember him as one of the shortstops that the Cubs didn't actually go after. But I really wanted him. I don't know. I can't complain too much about Dansby. He is pretty freaking good right now. But Xander Bogarts has five home runs. So that's a bit better. He's hitting 330, 417, 545 for an OPS of 962 in this early season small sample size. Outside of that, though, a lot of the big names and big contracts that San Diego has right now are not performing real well early on this season. Juan Soto is hitting 198, 369, 383 for a 752 OPS, which is actually pretty good, but that's buoyed quite a bit by the 22 walks that he's gotten this year. 22 walks. That is a ton, but he's also struck out 24 times. Um, Fernando Tatis is not so good. He's hitting 167, 211, 333 for a 544 OPS. And Manny Machado is hitting 220, 250, 286 for a 536 OPS. That's not a ton of production for the young guys, uh, but an old guy, Matt Carpenter is playing DH for San Diego, and he's actually hitting at 238, 377, 548 for a 925 OPS. Uh, he's done that in 18 games. He doesn't play every day, and he's only had half the at-bats. But with those at-bats, he's gotten three home runs and 10 hits with 13 RBI. That's pretty good for a 37-year-old that looks more like Super Mario than he does a baseball player. 
apparently he's gotten a mushroom. Oh, man. I wish I had some mushrooms. But, of course, you would already know that if you were on the Discord channel. Because I said it over there, too. <laughs> mushrooms sound wonderful. And, and it's just one of the many topics we get into over there on the Discord channel. So, if you aren't over there, get over there now you pay for this you may as well enjoy all the benefits and the discord channel is a lot of fun it's great to watch the games and chat with fans who do not suck and remember uh if you've got friends that want to join in on the shank list they can do that without even being discord members because that's open to everyone let them know uh check out in the clutch shirts um they're doing some fun things right now they're gonna send us some free shirts and we're going to be giving them away to people so you know make sure you're part of that as well and remember they have more than just kind of funny jokey cubs shirts they have negro league shirts they've got savannah banana shirts they've got uh shy feds you know all that stuff They've got some really cool stuff, and they have awesome, funny shirts, like the one they did for Bellinger, who hit a 420-foot home run on 420. Plus, two different Cup Snake shirts, which I find very funny. But that is going to be it for me. Enjoy the Cubs day off, I guess. Maybe you can look for the Iowa Cubs playing somewhere on the MLB app or something like that. I'm not sure where they are. But until next time, keep rounding those bases. And I am out at home. Bug out.